Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. On this week's podcast, we are going to be talking about the impact of ransomware attacks on a school and a meat processing operation in the US. Kelly, do you want to kick us off with a bit of an overview of what happened at the school? So from what I've read in the press, and there's not been masses about this, but last Wednesday, so that's a week and a half ago, the schools were suspecting their data had been hacked because they no longer had access to their school information management system and that the the teachers had no access to their files or everything. So the, the schools have had to make the decision to shut down because they're entirely offline and they couldn't do anything yeah and and what's really interesting is that because and primarily because they've got no emergency contact details for if the kids were in the premises and stuff there's no they've got no information to be able to phone a parent to say your kid's been unwell or they've been in an accident and stuff that from a health and safety perspective they have clearly cannot run the, the school and then interestingly they've also now because these systems still appear to be offline they have had to go to the parents to say please check your bank details make sure that your bank accounts have not been affected by this because they they're not sure just how many systems have been affected by this so it's not just that their kids information and there'll be a wealth of information that's being held on the children's school trips information about the child's performance at school there could also be information relating to any payments that the parents have made over time but it's not just the staff and the children it's they've got all the the employee information of teachers So it's quite a significant incident. It affects both a primary school and a secondary school, it looks like. So they're both offline and they've called in experts, it looks like, to take a look at this and what appears to be their workaround at the moment is they are setting up computers so that the teachers can deliver remote schooling to the the children so the children don't lose out on their education Mm -hmm. because of this but it's quite a significant incident and from what I was reading from the National Cyber Security Centre is that since the pandemic schools are being targeted more and more through vulnerabilities so whilst this has hit the press they are finding vulnerabilities in uh, the secure access because schools have been working this high hybrid model of working at home going back to school and having to be flexible because of the pandemic they are targeted more and more so this might not be the last time we see this incident and what we don't know is how much of a ransom they are being held to I've not seen anything but the fact that they've not been able to restore would possibly indicate that they might not have an up-to-date backup it could also mean I suppose that the hackers have managed you know have encrypted the backups yeah well, exactly you know exactly. so that they're also taken offline is that something that they will try and do because they want essentially to cause chaos don't they yeah absolutely make the easiest option to make the payment that's what yeah. they're looking for isn't it as criminals they want to get the money and so they're going to try and make sure that as many systems are taken offline or it's as hard as possible to restore so if you have got backups in place if they're in there long enough that they can actually encrypt those as well that yeah can be i mean challenging. It, it begs the question as to why you don't have an off-site backup you know from a business continuity perspective i always advocate that you take a backup physically out of the premises somewhere else so that in a situation your mission critical systems could be restored but you've got mm. a very valid point if that's not the system that they run then yeah they're entirely offline and the amount of if they don't pay the ransom and the police and the national cyber security center do not advocate paying ransomware because there is absolutely no guarantee that you'll get the data back where are you then you know you might have kids that are all the way from 
nursery all the way up to being in year six. I think that's what the, the top tier is of primary school now, year six before, is it? This, is, show, so. this is showing yes. my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is. You're 10 or 11 year old before they go into to secondary school. That's, that's a lot of information that you're going to have on children that may potentially no longer be available to you. So the, the local authority is looking into it. It looks like the, their data protection experts are looking at it as well. So I think for me, the lesson to try and take from this is to have a greater awareness that as a school, you are going to be subject to a targeted attack because of the way that you've moved from a paper-based system to definitely being more online because you've had to because of the pandemic. And because of that, there's the potential that you are now more vulnerable or more interesting to hackers because of the information that you now have available online about children parents, teachers and such. And it's sad that that's the position that we're in. I wonder as well whether or not there might be, you know, when we're talking with businesses who are working with a hybrid model, looking to move to that, or, you know, obviously there was a big shift to home working last year. You know, a lot of the weakness will come from individuals and the kind of human behaviour around passwords and things like that. And I, I wonder within sort of a school environment, not only have you got employees, but you've also got kids who mm. are going to be accessing those systems and maybe are less aware of some of the things around passwords particularly if it's not something that's been passed on to them through school or through their parents and I would just wonder if maybe there are you know in terms of some of the systems that might be being accessed maybe a slightly higher level of vulnerability just because of the range of different user levels of people who are going to be accessing those systems and the potential for sort of younger children to maybe be you know accessing those systems and maybe more vulnerable than to not really understanding that the email that they've got to click on a link isn't the right one if that's how they got in you know it's that kind of you've got firstly a lot more people and then maybe people that are less aware of some of those risks than than you can be maybe in, in a business and so it makes it appealing for the criminals and as you said the, the data is very interesting because of the nature of, of the information that goes through schools payments for trips you know all that kind of thing that actually makes it you know schools won't want their data to be posted online or sold online or made available no. and parents won't want that either and it's um, for the children and again it makes it an appealing target because potentially they feel that they're going to be more likely to pay the ransom than um, a, a business that maybe has slightly less risk risky data but it'll be interesting no. if there is any more details about uh, sort of over the coming weeks as to how yeah. the systems were infiltrated how the servers were hacked and how they got into those systems yeah and again without knowing any details and we may never know the the full details it's that a statement such as we don't know what systems have been affected begs the question you know do you have any kind of information asset register that would give you an indication of the types of data you're collecting and where it's stored mm -hmm. so at least then you've got a you first glance when you're investigating that breach that question of impact you've got something to refer to to say oh it's everything so these are all the systems this is all the data versus actually we think it's only one system it's still a significant breach because of the data but it, it just it begs the question you know we're always telling people to map your data and I'm not going to pass judgment because I don't know what they've got and what they don't have but it would you have to consider if you haven't mapped your data then you don't you won't know what's been affected and yeah I think it's that diagnostic phase isn't it being able to identify through sort of the work that the police the you know the support that they'll get from IT cybersecurity mm -hmm. experts and, and their data protection experts you know what has been encrypted what you know where have they infiltrated because these are sophisticated hacks usually and they will potentially be infiltrating systems for 
a period of time before it's then actually fully locked down so that they can wreak as much havoc as possible it's you know if you catch it early and you've got one folder you can probably you know you're not going to you're probably going to be able to restore it you're not going to be as susceptible to wanting to pay that fine and ultimately that's what it's about isn't it it's very much about getting the money because they're criminals they're interested in making money from it and they know that data is valuable for businesses for schools for organizations for charities and that you know however much money they can get out of each one then you know that's where their income's coming from and i think that's where you can then see that increase in these kind of attacks you know over the last year but you know it's not just the last year i think over the recent years just seeing more and more of these kind of ransomware attacks happening because everybody is much more reliant on data and i think it's you know they the criminals are kind of looking at you know at different range of targets i think a lot of businesses you know we've had conversations with businesses who you know feel that they're too small they're not going to be a target but ultimately you know i think there was a point made if we we talk a little bit about the meat processing operation in the us you know the the recent i think we talked about it earlier in the year the the solar winds issue and you know some of the hacks that have got in at government level and with the colonial pipeline and now the jbs meat processing operation there's they're attacking all walks of life and all different businesses and organisations there's no pattern to it you know I think experts there are very much warning people that you know warning organisations to be prepared to consider how you can mitigate the risk and what you would do in the case of this kind Mm. of attack and that company has actually got to the point where they paid the fine you know and it was a significant fine but not fine ransom ransom (laughs) (laughs) probably feels like a fine (laughs) it does I mean it was what 11 million dollars so about 7.8 million pounds and that's you know it's a huge amount of money for any business and you know it took their operations offline uh, not just in the US across other some of their other operations in the world as well in Australia and the potential impact there was around you know beef prices because of it not you know it's one of the biggest operations processing operations in in the u.s and so it's the biggest across the world and so then that supply chain is damaged you know you've got the risk to people's data and information again you know impact on and you know consumers of the meat in restaurants the price goes up you know so it's not just the organizations themselves are affected you know and they're still threatening sell that data and yeah. you can never be sure, even if you pay the fine, that A, you're going to get the data back. So this is why the National Cybersecurity Centre don't recommend that you pay it. You don't, there's no yeah. guarantee you'll get the data back. There's certainly no guarantee it won't still be available online for mm. other people to buy and misuse. It makes you vulnerable to further attacks because they know that A, how to get into your systems yeah. and B, that you're going to pay the fine. So it's a tricky balance. And I think that obviously this organisation has felt that, you know, to continue their business and to minimise as much impact as possible, that money was what they needed to hand over. But I'm sure it's not an easy decision. No, no. What I found really interesting is because they've actually got carcasses in chill at the moment because it's, you know, processing the meat through the system and stuff, they've had to go to paper and pen to try and get, which was really intriguing. So the only option they've got is to revert back to a really old school method. And, you know, that must be terrifying for them because it's nowhere near as efficient as obviously the automated process and then you've actually got the livestock you know that's waiting to be processed that it's halfway through being processed it's and i've never really considered that from a a food perspective the impact of actually it's 
it's a real loss of income if they have to destroy because it you know it out of, I'm, I'm a vegetarian so i don't really know much about it but you know it's like wagyu beef which is apparently is high-end beef so to to lose that not only are you paying a fine and not only are you offline but you're actually your bottom line is being affected because you can't actually get the product from a all the way through to the the end consumer of it yeah no and, and i think that's the so much of all of the processes in the world like for businesses are predominantly digital these days yeah. and so you know i think it would be a challenge for most businesses to move back to the pen and paper you know i think there are some obviously that haven't really moved far past it <laughs> but you know i think it's a particular struggle for those automated businesses production manufacturing you know the impact on their overall business just from the pace and the speed and you know on a slight you know on a slightly different note but you know with the uh, there was a, a failure of a cloud serving cloud uh, provider earlier in the week and it's one of a few and so it just happened through an update but the impact again on businesses there because their websites were offline you know for about an hour but because it included the like amazon you know in that time think of how many purchases are going through that particular through the website that amazon are then losing out on and i know it's a very small proportion of their overall income but the impact on businesses of data and digital systems not being available is significant and that's yeah. where i think then considering things i guess like cyber insurance to help you offset some of those costs they won't ever pay a ransom they won't ever pay a fine if you have a data breach but you can look to then try and get support in dealing with it and offset some of the impact on your business for time offline and you exactly. get back online as quickly as possible and managing the, the fallout in terms of communication and pr no i agree and um i think we could talk about this for quite some time but Indeed. we do need to wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> for sure which uh, brings us quite nicely to the end of the the coffee podcast for this week thank you to all our listeners we're very grateful that you tune in and listen to us chatting about data every week we'd love to know your thoughts on what we've discussed and you can get in touch with us on coffee at dbxuk.com or pop a comment on our social media channels under the podcast posts and please do feel free to share them with a friend we'd love to get more listeners on board we'll be back next week with more news from the world of data and data protection so please do join us <laughs>